0: This episode of Market Foolery is brought to you by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices that allow you to charge your phone on the go. For twenty dollars off your order, go to awaytravel.com/fool and use the promo code fool. That's awaytravel.com/fool and use the promo code fool. From the South by Southwest podcast stage in Austin, Texas, this is Market Foolery for Wednesday, March fifteenth. I'm Chris Hill, and joining me on the stage today. From the Alexandria Economic Development Partnership, Stephanie Landrum. Thanks for being here.
1: Of course, thanks for having me.
0: Um, so, longtime listeners know when we were here for South by Southwest last week, one of the people that we talked with was Josh Bear from the Capital Factory here in Austin, Texas, talking about the startup scene. Um, and that's why I wanted to drag you on today, <laughs> right. drag you away, away from the actual work that you're doing because. Uh, and and this is something uh, Dylan Lewis and I are going to be talking about on tomorrow's episode, but one of the things that I noticed over at the trade show, when I think about last year's South by Southwest and this year's, one of the big differences I've noticed is a lot more countries on display and a lot more cities, a lot more U.S. cities presenting at South by Southwest, and this idea of, like, just the... The phrase that popped into my head when I was going down these rows and seeing all of these cities across America who are talking about the work that they're doing and talking about um, how they're, you know, sort of what they're offering businesses, um, the phrase that popped into my head was Startup Nation. And I'm just wondering, because this has been your business for years. um, I guess my first question is. Is it just me or are there just a lot more cities on display here?
1: There are a lot more cities and a lot more countries. And uh, I think everyone is trying to make a name for themselves and explain what um, sort of what atmosphere they're creating in their various jurisdictions that either start or help existing startups or are looking to attract them. And so this is a obviously a great conference to reach a variety of audiences, from startup people to people who are invest in startups another key target for us. And then I think our efforts, we've been uh, working with DC this year, is just to try to change the perception of what DC leads with. So I, I think most people think DC and they think dysfunctional government. Right. Uh, and don't necessarily think or know about that next level of industries that are have really been percolating over, over recent years. Um, but there are so many capital factory-like either startup places, co-working spaces, accelerators, incubators, and so that was sort of our goal this year was to bring all those people together and raise their profile.
0: I mean, it seems like when I, when I step back and think about everything that's on display, all of these cities doing this, um, it seems like it, there's never been a better time to start your own business. I mean, just when you think about all the different, because there, there was a point in time, particularly when it comes to the tech industry, where, well, you have to be in Silicon Valley. That's it, end of story. And now when you see, you know, places like Tulsa, Oklahoma, sort of laying out their case for like, hey, this is why you should bring your business here. I mean, is it is it really, I, I guess, what does that say to you that, mm-hmm. that, um, that all of these cities are here?
1: So I, I think um, one of the things that we've noticed a lot is that, now that people don't need to be in certain geographic areas, they get to choose where they want to live and a lot of employers will follow where the workforce is. And so cities that focus a lot on place, so cool downtowns and um, a mix of entertainment and things like that, they attract the workforce that then makes the employers follow. and I think the the competing part of that is that some of those people don't aren't looking for a traditional job, but are thinking about doing their own startup. So those cities then have created this infrastructure of services, so everything from counseling to free space to uh, connection, you know, making connections to mentors, and um, and so walking around that trade floor yesterday, talking to some of the other cities, it was interesting to see what each person's kind of offering was. Um, they're not all the same, but you start to see a trend in in what. Um, what they are trying to to sell to people.
0: How friendly are those conversations? Because uh, uh, on some level, you know, Alexandria and the DC area are very much in competition with other cities in terms of trying to attract business.
1: Definitely. I'd say we're pretty collegial. Um, uh, It sort of depends. I I spoke a little bit with Richmond yesterday, uh, and Richmond's about two hours away from from Alexandria, but we're both in Virginia, so we have that Virginia bond. I would say, call it uh, coopetition. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's a mouthful, right? So uh, I, I think it's interesting for us to find ways where we can cooperate, share sort of hints. But at the end of the day, as you said, we're always competing. Whether it's for a company relocation or for this talent, um, I think all essentially all cities are kind of competing for um, for both of those things.
0: So what are the sort of common points? Uh, or common themes that you're hearing, uh, and that maybe Richmond is hearing and Tulsa is hearing in terms of entrepreneurs, the types of things that they're looking for. What what are the things that they're looking for, and what are the pain points sure. for entrepreneurs who are looking to start a business?
1: So all of them seem to be looking for um, quality mentors, and I think I think there are tons of co-working spaces, and there are a lot of them that are very flashy. That you know, you walk in and there's beer and coffee and Ping pong tables, um, and I think those were really popular the last couple of years. But now, what we're seeing from these uh, these entrepreneurs is they want that kind of space, but they also want there to be quality programming. Um, and so, the programming can be things like setting them up with mentors or bringing in professional accountants, HR professionals to kind of guide them through the the non sexy parts of starting a business. Um, and so we're seeing definitely in the D.C. region, those spaces that offer that extra level of service are doing really well and are attracting uh, attracting some of the most, um, many of the startups that have a lot of potential, I think, where some of the other spaces are full, but they're more with what I'd call like lifestyle entrepreneurs, and by that I mean people who don't actually need to make money. (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> or run a successful business, like it's more of a hobby. Yeah, um, Which there's a place in the economy for those people as well. Um, but I think you're starting to see some of the those people, you know, people are becoming more sophisticated in terms of what they're looking for.
0: So what, uh, is there any sort of rise that you're seeing in a type of industry? Are we seeing more, you know, one of the things uh, Simon Erickson had talked about the other day was just sort of, Uh, The the industries that have uh, that have been on the rise and ones that were once very high and have now come down And one of the examples he gave was 3d printing Mm -hmm. and how you know there you go back a few years there South by Southwest the consumer electronics show they are awash in 3d printing companies And that's really you know on the wane now,
1: right? so I'd say the three categories that we've been seeing a good amount of activity in are FinTech um, so uh, you know, obviously, you all know a lot about that um, health tech. So people who are working on apps or or businesses that are that are focused on health and um, wellness. And then the third that we see a lot of in Alexandria and in DC is cyber. Uh, there's cybersecurity. Cybersecurity. So there are a lot of really smart people who've been working for the federal government uh, and are now looking to start companies that either sell products to the private sector or take some of what they've learned and, um, and, and apply it to, in a different way. So we, we have um, a small accelerator uh, that we've been running for the last year and we've had uh, probably 10 cyber companies come through, cyber startups.
0: So you mentioned earlier the perception of Washington, D.C., which is, uh, you know, I think probably pretty well-earned in terms of yes. when people think about industry in Washington, D.C., they're thinking about the government, they're thinking about Capitol Hill, and, yeah, they're probably thinking, oh, you know. Um, what is the reaction you get from people that you that you talk to? Are, like, are they surprised that there is a startup scene in D.C., or, um, or are they not?
1: Right. I, I think... Uh, I think they're a little surprised. One of the, the pitches that we, uh, that we lead with is there are some entrepreneurial parts of the federal government and two of them happen to be located in Northern Virginia, um, actually probably much, much more, two in Alexandria, the Patent and Trademark Office, which is really one of the, the first places an entrepreneur might land if they've got a great idea. And then the second is the National Science Foundation, which gives out a billion dollars worth of grants every year to people who are iterating, you know, ideas. Um, and then you have. Do they have
0: to be scientific <laughs> ideas? Because I have ideas. They're just. I, I'm <laughs> correct, really bad at science. Correct.
1: I, I'm not as clear on their application process. Okay. Uh, we can look into that. Um, but then you have uh, P, uh, other entities like DARPA, which is sort of the de- the defense arm of innovation, and then there's uh, Office of Naval Intelligence. And so we've been trying to tell a little bit of a story about how. Not all government entities are um, are sort of bureaucratic and focused on what you traditionally think about in government. That there are some who who actually are trying to grow the economy, and so making that a bit of a pitch. You know, the other thing, sort of going back to what we were talking about, is I think people are surprised, but there's now this expectation that there's a startup community everywhere, and so um, just shining a light on that and and maybe highlighting some of the people or success stories and. it has been a fun thing to, to be able to talk to people about.
0: So one of the things we talk about at The Molly Fool when we're looking at businesses is the things that they are able to control and obviously there are always elements that they can't control. If you're a retailer, you have no control over the weather and, you know, that's, that's going to affect your sales uh, at some point. Um, when it comes to the type of work that you do and, and any large community is doing in terms of trying to attract business. Uh, What are the things that are sort of out of your control that you just, because it seems like there can be a really nice ripple effect. If you start to attract entrepreneurs to your city, then that attracts more people and as you said, you you have more services services to support them, but does there need to be sort of a tipping point that Mm -hmm. you reach before it starts to get easier?
1: Right. well, so when you talk about real estate, right, they always say location, location, location. So um, when I walk around yesterday, there were some really great communities that, you know, that we've heard of, but they can't pick up and move where they are, right? Right. So for Alexandria, we're pretty blessed because we are literally right next door to Washington, D.C. And good or bad, Washington, D.C. will always be the hub of some level of activity. And so I think um, that's one of the... the things that we can't control, but um, and things go in waves, right? So sometimes in history, people really want to live in urban places, and there's this like migration back into the city. And I think we've been experiencing that for the last maybe 10 years. People want to live in walkable places with lots of stuff. Um, Part of what scares me is what if there is a trend to go the other way and, and suburbanization comes back into favor. Um, that's, I would call that like something that we can't control. I heard somebody talking about autonomous vehicles and how that might impact suburbanization versus urbanization. You know, I'd put that into the category of things I can't control. Right. Um, and so what we have to do is just continue to focus on, on building and maintaining a cool place with the assumption that there will always be people who want to live in a cool place.
0: All right, before we continue, i got to say a word about Away. Away makes affordable, high-quality suitcases that charge your phone. They start at just $225. By cutting out the middleman, Away is able to offer the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price. They've got two USB ports and a high-capacity battery that allow you to charge multiple devices on the go, your phone, your tablet, your laptop, and so that way you never have to worry about a dead phone or fight for an outlet at the airport, which I almost had to do a couple of weeks ago when I was getting ready to fly to Arizona. I was looking around. I had to go to the other side of the terminal just to find, and unfortunately, it didn't come to that. It didn't come to, I think I might have to fight someone. Uh, speaking of entrepreneurs, I'm very happy that one of the folks in the audience today is actually the co-founder of a way. Jen Rubio. And Jen, if I could pull you out of, can you pop on the mic there? Hey, Chris. Thanks for being here. Thank it's you great so to much. be here. Thank you. Um, can you just share like one or two things about, uh, we were talking before we started taping and uh, like wh- what what leads you to start a company like this? Speaking of entrepreneurs, what, what leads you to say, you know what? I've got an idea. I'm going out on my own.
1: Yeah. You know what? It was never, I was never really one of those people that always thought I was going to start my own business. And Away was really born out of a love for travel and a broken suitcase. And there just wasn't <laughs> anything out there. Um, Is that, it really
0: that kind of origin story where you're like, yeah, you're traveling it, and you're like, damn it.
1: It really was. <laughs> can't I can someone
0: build a better mousetrap?
1: I was stuck in an airport um, with a, a wheel fell off my suitcase. <laughs> um, and, and it really snowballed from there. But it it was about the search for a thoughtful, well-designed piece of luggage that wasn't going to cost me an arm and a leg. And um, I teamed up with a former coworker of mine, and, and it just kind of spun out of control from there.
0: That's fantastic. Where's your next trip that's not for business? Because I know you're you're doing it. You, I mean, you're here for business. You get a business oh, yeah. trip right after this. Where Where's the next fun trip you have planned?
1: I'm going to Jamaica next weekend. Really? Yeah. Excellent. If I make it out of
0: Austin. (laughs) Yeah, well, given the weather, good for you. Um, Thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, Free shipping anywhere in the continental United States. Uh, The luggage comes with a risk-free 100-day trial period, which is insane if you think about it. I'm sure someone tried to talk Jen and her partners out of that kind of offer, but, uh, but they failed in that regard. So if at any point you decide the luggage isn't for you, you return it for a full refund, no questions asked. Uh, and for our dozens of listeners, Away has a special offer: get twenty dollars off when you go to awaytravel.com/fool. Use the promo code FOOL at checkout. That's awaytravel.com/fool and use the promo code FOOL. Um, Stephanie, when you when you, I have a, a a sort of fun-oriented Alexandria question, but before I get to that, um, what's been the biggest evolution you've seen? In the startup scene, I mean, you've been with the Alexandria Economic Development uh, Partnership for uh, over a decade. Um, you, you've certainly seen uh, the most recent great recession that we went through in, in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Um, what's been the biggest change over your years there?
1: Um, so, I think I, I think this co-working, incubator, accelerator space has been really fascinating to watch that uh, evolve and play out, and. Um, and what that has done to help band entrepreneurs and startup uh, entities together. It's created this physical space for them all to come and we see them in all types of cities now. Um, And there are some really big brands that a lot of people know like WeWork and Make Offices. Um, And then there are some smaller ones who are starting to to make a dent in in other sorts of cities, so I, I would say that that's probably the biggest trend. Uh, I'm not. I don't know if it's sustainable because a lot of these spaces uh, require a good amount of capital investment, and uh, by definition, startups are pretty sensitive to price, and they're very thoughtful about what they spend money on. Uh, so we'll we'll see how many of these things make it. But I think just for just for their their role and again sort of banding the community together, I think it's been a great evolution uh,
0: are are you uh, or any of your colleagues ever in a situation and and by any of your colleagues i mean any of the people that you've talked to from okay. other cities you know from D- from dc richmond wherever are you ever do you ever find yourself in a position where you're talking with an entrepreneur they're interested in maybe you know moving to your city and once you hear about what they're like what their product is, what their service is, how big they are, what their financial situation is, you find yourself counseling them like, you know what, let me, let me be your friend here. Don't do this. Sure. We,
1: yes, no, we say that all the time. Uh, part of the success of a number of the programs that I run is convincing people not to... Change, don't move basically here. risk their life <laughs> and start a bad business idea um, I, I think that's one of the things that a lot of economic development entities now do is provide this sort of counsel everything from you know reading through a business plan and, and looking through their finances and helping them go to a bank and see if they're they're bankable um, it's a success when you convince somebody not to make a life-changing decision that would have been disastrous and not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur uh, so I, I, yes the other sort of category that I'd throw in there is sometimes we talk to people who have a business idea that maybe has um, would have some legislative issues or problems in in our location. So a lot of the ride sharing and um, gig sort of stuff has is not you can't just open up and start running them in different states. And so sort of talking them through those things, um, we hear a lot of a lot of people asking us about cannabis and cannabis related businesses. Um, not every state is as open, or city is as open. So I think there are things like that yeah. uh, focused on the business and and sort of the the atmosphere.
0: So whether someone is looking to start a business in Alexandria or they just happen to be traveling, you know, for for leisure to the D.C. region, they end up in Alexandria. You've lived there a bunch of years. What's mm-hmm. like? What's one or two sort of off the beaten path things you tell people? Like, hey, here's a fun thing to do that you're not necessarily going to hear about from, you know, the average tourist publication.
1: Right. Uh, so depending on what time of year you're coming, we have a couple of cool parades that I think are, are the epitome of Alexandria. Um, the Pat- we have the earliest St. Patrick's Day parade in the country. We do. Which is very <laughs> odd, but very fun. Um, and then there's the, the Christmas walk uh, in the beginning of December. I feel like those are, are very Alexandria. Um, I'd say one of the things that people really look forward to doing is walking up and down King Street. So it's a traditional... Main Street, but it's 17 blocks, and, and it's full of independent stores and restaurants. And so I think people really enjoy that that opportunity. A lot of communities come to sort of measure, this is a, a fascinating but they measure the distance of storefronts and the ratio of sidewalks, because it works so well in Old Town, and then they take those back to planned communities, and they use those same ratios. Really? Yeah. So a lot of the like town centers that you see are built off of the, the specs of Old Town, so... You yeah, coming and seeing the original uh, is definitely something we recommend.
0: So you mentioned the parades, and it reminded me, and I feel like um, I can say this because I'm, I'm safely far away from <laughs> Alexandria. Um, have you noticed that uh, Alexandria, Virginia, appears to be ground zero for the uh, anti-President's Day movement? That in Alexandria, we don't celebrate President's Day. We celebrate George Washington's birthday. There's this small group of people who are so passionate about George Washington that, I mean, I've actually been in conversations with people where it's like, oh, yeah, the President's Day Parade, and they're just very, almost <laughs> right. vehement, like, no, it's George Washington's birthday.
1: That's right. You know, I think, I think there's, there, there's definitely an audience of people who are very proud that George Washington slept, ate, and played in, in Alexandria, and so they, uh, they manifest that in their parade planning.
0: Yeah. All right, Stephanie Landrum. <laughs> Alexandria Economic Development Partnership. Thank you so much. I'll let you get back to work, but I really Great. appreciate you being here. Great.
1: No, thanks for having
0: me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, even though I don't think we talked about stocks at all today. And The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening.
2: We'll see you in The with nothing in for another well, don't shift and A losing hand unless you can realize Gonna love what you do and don't look back. Gonna live in the more to her live if you never try, how you gonna make it by on your own, gotta fall to love and sift from the waters, the waters, gotta love what you're doing, don't look back, gotta live in the moments you have.